Welcome to Tales from the First Tee. I'm your host, Rich Easton, recording from beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. In this segment of the Dan Gata story and Operation Betfit, and again, the way to get in touch with Dan is dan at operationvetfit.org. Dan talks about the VHA and VBA, which are the veterans' health care system. The educational support afforded to him because of his service in the armed forces. His unyielding faith in God and a story about a soldier, Thomas Burke, that brings to life the harsh effects of service in a war zone. Before we get into the next segment, I have to apologize for some of the ambient background noise. Last week, during the Josh Salzman episode, the landscaping staff played background sound effects with their power blower, so I thought, in my infinite wisdom, I'd move our recording session to this conference room in a neighborhood clubhouse. I was thinking that it would be the perfect environment. Well, other than the poor acoustics in the room, the personal trainer motivating her client in the adjacent room, and the action in the upstairs game room, it was a brilliant decision. Oh yeah, and if I seem like I'm talking a little fast in this episode, I'm on like my fourth cup of coffee. So hang in there. Then I get an opportunity to utilize the VA's vocational rehabilitation program because my injuries had gotten progressively worse. Um, the MRIs had showed some deterioration happening in L4, L5, S1, S2, and some impingement on the nerves. And so when, you're, when your rating gets worse, you're eligible again for these programs. And anyone that doesn't utilize these programs, I feel is being short-sighted. And, and how do you get rated? Like, so, where do you go for VA. them? So you go to the VA. Yes. They do some kind of testing, and you obviously, they saw you had vertebrae, vertebrae problems from top to bottom. MRIs. First yeah. they start, you know, it's a standard process, the VA healthcare system. So you have the VH, VHA, which is the Veterans Health Administration, and you have the VBA, which is the Veterans Benefits Association. So the VBA will use the VHA to conduct their initial evaluations. That will then lead to further evaluation, as in, hey, my back hurts. Okay, let's do an MRI. We don't see anything in the MRI. I mean, not an MRI. Let's do an x-ray. You always got to do an x-ray. Sure, right. Yeah. The comes well, yeah, because if you see it in the x-ray, you don't have to spend the money for the MRI and you can see it. Right. So I get I've had many of them. You a, a yeah, the cross-section of, of a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. So the MRIs showed what was going on. And that was just one of my injuries. I've got several. So I went back to school then on Voc Rehab, another VA program. Gonzaga University had a beautiful Masters of Organization and Leadership program. 99% of it online. I only had to go out to Spokane, Washington for one week for a final like capstone experience uh, to present your, your uh, thesis. Mine was on an evaluation of leadership over time. First graduate degree and my second graduate degree. 
we're all online institutions. So you're taking all of these online courses yeah. before Zoom was invented, before Facebook Live, yeah. but there are pl- ways for you to uh, accomplish and achieve without having to go physically to these universities. So now this is starting to make itself available, yeah. and you're doing it. Why yeah, are I- you getting organizational servant leadership, um, clinical social work, and a minor in veterans and military family. What's driving you to focus on those things? Sure. So back up 2005, I'm uh, at Gonzaga University getting the Organization of Leadership and Servant Leadership Master's degree. I, as a Marine, going into the professional field was... was, um, educated by a another trainer and one day in a conversation Kevin Cleary is his name great strength and conditioning specialist extraordinarily qualified he goes you know what Dan this Marine Corps my way or the highway bullshit might have worked for you in the Corps but it ain't gonna work for you in this industry so that wow that resonated for a while so I started to look at you know all right, I got this degree in psychology. Why am I still an asshole? <laughs> so, so I, I start to ask look, myself that question every day. <laughs> so then I look into these programs. Number one, it's got to be online. Now, now keep in mind that this whole need for me to go to school online from home, from my basement, away from everybody, is a symptom being expressed of post-traumatic stress disorder. No kidding. I'm not even aware of it. Right? I'm not even aware this is going. And we'll get into what PTSD is. I have yeah. the DSM-5 here for you today so that yeah. you know, it's coming straight from the book. But this um, avoidance of people, places, and things, and this social avoidance thing that I was always doing was all part of PTSD. Now, the crazy thing is I'm a social type A person. Were you a social type A person before you went in the Marines? Yes. So that stuck with me. Yeah. Right. That's okay. Stuff. Got it. So the avoidance aspect is something new. That's 2005. Economy's great. Money's free. You can get everything you want. So from 2005 to 2008, my wife and I bought the house from my father that I built when we were 13. Um, started the another built three gyms. Uh, yeah, two gyms between 2005 and 2008. Was training. My wife was working full time, and then the market tanked 777 points that day. Was it September, or October? October. And then it happened again, and then again, and then again, and then again. And we saw the market tank, and we saw what happened in 2008, which amazingly is 13 years ago. Okay, so 13 years ago, after the market tanks, what's the first thing people were cutting out? Disposable income, luxury expenses, gym memberships, right. personal training, consult, comp, consulting. All of a sudden, I went from you know a nearly over six figures to nothing. So we went from living in a you know thirty five hundred square foot uh, four bedroom colonial on six acres, making good money with my own business, my own company, and to nothing to food stamps to having to reach out to the Soldier Sailors Marine Funds for assistance, for clothing, for my kids. Um, We still had a house to try to save, a foreclosure to survive, Um, uh, a a family tragedy involving one of our daughters, who's fine now, thank God, but uh, 
it, it, it just was this constant bombardment of kicks in the gut. One thing I've never lost throughout my life is faith in God. And that faith in God, Psalm 91, where we declare that he is our refuge, our fortress, our Lord and our protector, and that we trust him with all of our life, has brought me through life. Because I can't do it alone. And right. if I didn't have a faith or belief in some higher power that was watching over me, that could explain all these divine providence-led things that have happened in my life, to sit me in front of Mr. Easton right now doing a podcast... There's no other way to explain it but God. Yeah. So if I didn't have that faith in God, I see what has happened to people that don't have a basis of faith in God. They operate in this perpetual void of existence, lacking purpose, um, lacking a moral road of right and wrong. So they're constantly traveling and ebbing and flowing off of the paths into evil and trying to come back. And you see it in the divorce rate. You see it in the how our kids are being raised and it's just it's just bleeding through society and we've got to have people we always have throughout history who have tried to tow the rope in a more positive direction because if everyone just looks at people as being successful they're not looking at the journey it took and the pain yeah and and we measure success sometimes by bank accounts we measure it by some other things by on today's social media world you know how many likes do you have how many followers do you have and um, success is a funny word whenever i think of the word success i think of movies like uh, wall street with gordon gecko and the wolf of wall street with jordan belfort and that just shows you how i define success in my earlier years greed for lack of a better word is good Sure. I think it's a journey. I think once you think it's a destination, it's when things start going bad for you. And I want you to ram Steve Madden's stock down your clients' throats till they fucking choke on it. Yeah. Till they choke on it and they buy 100,000 shares. That's what I want you to do. Yeah. You be ferocious. You be relentless. Yeah. You be telephone fucking terrorist. So now, okay, so now you're telling me, why do you get into this? So it's 2012. We are going through what we're going through. There are, uh, the DOD comes out with a report that 22 veterans are killing themselves every day. And it was a, it was a what the frick moment for me. Uh, We had veterans that were coming home in our community that were off. Their parents knew that they were off. I was friends with their parents and, you know, one at a time. And when you say off, you mean their behavior. They didn't come back from Iraq or Afghanistan the same way. Got it. Their behavior has changed. It's a different person that their family's looking at. They don't know why, but they notice there are some things that are changing in their behavior. Yeah. All right. So I'm like, bring just let me, you got his number, let me give him a call. Hey, come on down to the gym, man. First guy comes down. Um, there was there was several, but first guy, a friend of mine, uh, name. Uh, I mean, these stories are amazing. So I hope you, we can have time. I got time. This, this is this is what I do. This kid Thomas Burke comes into the office. Now, Thomas Burke was a Marine, infantry, rifleman. O three eleven, a grunt. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare. 
with a man who's the best with guns, with knives, with his bare hands. A man who's been trained to ignore pain, ignore weather, to live off the land, to eat things and to make a billy goat puke. In Vietnam, his job was to dispose of enemy personnel, to kill, period. Win by attrition. In um, Afghanistan, he's got this situation where, you know, this is during the Hearts and Minds campaign. So he's their interpreter. He's also the designated marksman. I'll try to sum up his story as quickly as I can. So he's made friends with the locals, with the tribal leaders, with the kids. They're using him as an interpreter for Pashtun. And some kids go to bring, a group of kids, you know, they're always in groups, a group of young boys go to bring him something that looks like an undetonated device. And while he's walking towards them, it goes off and he sees all these kids blown up. Mm. He decides, you know, after that and other things he's witnesses that he's going to go sit on the bank of the Euphrates and put his, the barrel of his M16. That's no, okay. So he's sitting there and his gun doesn't go off. One of his guys sees him. Yo, man, everything all right? Brings him back. So he tries to take his life, but he has a failure in his gun for some reason. Right? Again, it's the, again, you look up in the air when you say that. Are you ready for the positive part? Yeah. First, we're going to go down a little road of hell for this kid. Comes home, I'm going to give you an abbreviated version. Finds himself hooked on heroin and coke. Goes on a bender. Wakes up naked, I think, in either California or Hawaii on the street somewhere. There's no idea how he got there. Marine Corps comes back in. Marine Corps did something very unique there that they typically would never do. They put him in rehab and tried to help him out. But he had to be administratively discharged. And when you're administratively discharged, it's not an honorable. So you lose access to benefits. Is it dishonorable? No, administrative. Got it. Dishonorable, you got to be like, you know, court-martialed and kicked out of the court. But either way, he loses the benefits. And does he lose all the VA support and all of that that goes with... Typically, that would be the situation, but he don't quit. He gets out of the Marine Corps. He starts... I I met him. I was the strength coach for Immaculate High School football team at the time. And he was working with their lacrosse team... I guess he played lacrosse, you know, just kind of as an assistant coach. That was his kind of purpose at the time because he was lost. Yeah. Come on down to the gym, man. Give him a key to the gym. Start using the gym. Because I, I know exercise works. I know it's great for mental health, anxiety, depression. I mean, psycho exercise-assisted psychotherapy is something that we are now developing at Operation Bedford. We're the only place to do it because I think we're the only place with somebody qualified in both arenas, mental health and exercise that can pull it together, right? I think I might be the only person in the country, Rich, and if there are other people that want to do it with me, I want them to get a hold of me because I'm going to be working with Dr. Bornstein at the Citadels, performance of uh, the Center for Performance Resilience Recovery uh, CPR3 program at Citadel, helping with research. I'm a research assistant there now. But um, So that's one story. I give him a key to the gym. He's using the gym. And there's another story. Guy by the name of Todd Angel. So what you give him a key to the gym, and what happens with him? He starts using the gym, exercising more. He's doing better. Got it. He right? can cope. He can cope. He's better. learned to He's cope. He's got a place to go and an outlet. And oh, by the way, other veterans are there working out too. 
And weren't you, before we get to this other person, didn't you also tell me that when you were running this gym, you know the benefit of physical fitness to vets. You'd be giving these guys keys. Yes. It's not a 24-hour fitness. Yes, it is. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay. So, so I designed my facility as 24-hour You did. Access. And so you yep. get, because you knew there'd be times when they're going to want to work out, which are not normal hours. And they'd come in, right, 2 a.m. They yeah. needed to do that. Yeah. It helped with their metal, mental status. That's where it started, one key. Um, then this other, the other one, the next one, another profound story. Uh, Todd Angel, U.S. Navy corpsman, awarded the Silver Star for gallantry in Afghanistan. Uh, after watching um, one of his brothers blown up by an IED, he runs to him 500 meters away, through, live, through minefields, gets to him, saves his life. Um, it's double, double amputee now, has no legs. Rumball is his, is his name, who he saved. They're still obviously close to this day. Another Marine. He also saved a couple Afghan kids' lives and also had, I think, uh, several confirmed kills as a corpsman. But this is after watching his brother yeah. get blown up yeah. by who he saved. Uh, so then he gets... What drives charge. somebody in a situation where most people run the other way? What drives an individual to go forward into danger to help others? Training. Period. Training. It's just what you do. It's, you it's what you're trained to do. It, it but not everybody does it, do they? No, because you never know how any of your brothers are going to react yeah. in combat until they're in the combat situation. You can right. have some guys that are the baddest-ass force recon guys that never seen a combat theater show up and shit themselves. Um, it, 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 how you react in an environment that is brand new is unknown. So the best the DOD can do is train you for everything so that it becomes reflexive. Don't you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. That's going to be my way to serve. Help me get one more. The reaction isn't to run from the bullet. The reaction is I have to provide fire suppression in the direction of the round that came to me to stop them from shooting at me so we can move in and destroy the target. Problem solution. Done. Problem solution. Done. So now you've got this, you've got these degrees, you're focusing on psycho psychology and it kind of helps you understand you, first of all, is one of the things. Yeah. Well, it's right? supposed to, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so we, we, we open the gym, we start giving these keys out. In the meantime, I'm going to counseling because I'm going through my own hell. Not just from my, you know, Marine Corps experiences decades prior, but everything we're going through in life, right? And that's an interesting thing about PTSD. It can have a late onset and it never really affect you the way, I mean, we'll get into PTSD, but um, this was all going on at the same time. My counselor, uh, Dr. Thomas Quinn, Vietnam veteran, was at the time the Danbury Vet Center director in Connecticut. He said, you know, Dan, it's great that you got your master's in leadership and, and, and you're handing out free keys to the gym and you're trying to help your veterans, but what happens when one of those guys kills themselves? Are you ready for that? Like, no, Tom, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I don't live that way, Tom. He goes, you know, a good counselor will help you prepare for things so that when they really happen, you know, you're there. He goes, you know what, Dan, if you're really serious about this, you need to go back to school and get your degree in mental health. So it was Thomas Quinn 
in 2013, who's 2012-2013, who convinced me to go back for a second graduate degree. How was I able to go for the second graduate degree? Because my rating at the VA had yet again gotten worse. So my injuries were getting progressively worse. Each time that rating changes from 30% to 50%, 70%, you're eligible for these programs again. Lower rating, um, I'm doing good, Got but it. don't need much help. Higher the rating, higher the rating, the more you need help. Yes. So 10%, right, let's, sure. just, let's just say you, you, you twisted your ankle and you've got you know, arthritis in your ankle. Probably get a rating of 10% for that. So anytime you have an issue with that, you can go to the VA and it's covered, it's paid for for the rest of your life. And they're going to give you some money every month too to help you know, offset having to live with this injury that you got while serving your country. Uh, and as, as the injuries become more degradating to your ability to sustain and maintain normal gainful employment, that's the key word, gainful employment, then your rating is increased commensurate to the totality of the injuries. Your is it incumbent upon your primary or the specialty doctors to evaluate you and then rate you? No. Or where does the rating come in? Okay. Who does that? So the Veterans Health Administration, that's your doctor. Yeah. The Veterans Benefits Administration, all right, so you have VHA yep. and then VBA. Yep. The Veterans Benefits Administration, right, once the veteran himself puts in a claim or a reclaim, basically saying, hey, my injuries have gotten worse, I need to be reevaluated because it's impacting my ability to do X, Y, and Z. They order the reevaluation. So the reevaluation can be done, A, inside the VA by their um, compensation and pension board. C&P it's called, or they hire out to area doctors to do the eval. And, then and they're given the criteria for what you see, what the test is, and yep. then how you rate it. Specific. All right. Well, then well, they, don't even, they don't, well the, the VA's Compensation and Pension Board rates what I just provided you. They're they going to rate all the medical evidence and see how, and see if it's related to your service connection. And your doctor can do that, and the evaluator will do that. There's a very important question that says, is the injury with which you're uh, evaluating 50% or more related to the service connection with which the veterans stayed? Who says no to that? Well, if a doctor says no, your, your claim the is doctor says The doctor is the one who says no from what he sees. And you want to know who says no? Yeah. The unqualified nurse who did your evaluation. So... Every veteran ends up having to appeal, not every veteran, in many cases, veterans will appeal Where they get a low rating where they think it's worse, then they have to appeal it. Or they're like denied. That. So they appeal it. And on the appeal, the veteran will say, I want my injury to be evaluated by an actual medical doctor. But you're saying, so there's an appeal process. If someone's not getting the rating that's going to help them get more care, from the government, then they go and they try and appeal it and say, yeah, over 50% of this is related to something that happened when I was yeah. in the armed services. And that's why you're saying it's so important to document everything so somebody can go back and look at your whole record and go, yeah, it, this just didn't happen yes. today. He's had this bad back and through just physical activity, it's, it's gotten worse, but it started standard here. standard degradation of an injury. Listening to Tales from the First Tee, 
and my interview with Dan Gata. I'm your host, Rich Easton, recording from beautiful Charleston, South Carolina.